Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. We are back with you after taking a week off because my esteemed co-host, Casey, was a little bit sick. But we're back with you. I'm Andrew Ledman. I'm Casey Bartley, and I'm recovered from the plague. Yes, that's exactly what you had. Uh, There were rats all over. It was terrible. Uh, But we're back. Uh, We're heading into Big Ten football season. We're going to preview two games uh, today and hopefully continue that so we get all nine Big Ten games in before we get to that season opener against Penn State coming up on September 1st. So we are less than a month away from football season kicking off. Casey, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, oh my god, I can't wait. How excited are you? 8. Well, honestly, that's higher than I expected you were going to say. Obviously, I know you're more of a basketball guy, so I was expecting maybe maybe a 7 at most, but uh, I'm excited to hear you all the way up at an 8. That's good. Yeah, football's weird. You don't really (laughs) have expectations for it. I don't particularly care about the sport as a sport in general like i'm not i'm not up you know watching the number three team versus a six team in the country yeah, 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 it's also yeah. warm here it's gonna be it's gonna be warm here for like most of the season so games are gonna conflict with like golf time so ah uh, yes gotta get in those 18 holes so i'm happy when we have the uh, weekday game yeah yeah which you know game which one i'm excited thursday game against penn state so um, before we, we get into uh, the games, I do have 
something I want to shout out and then a, a quick uh, update on a story we talked about previously in the year. So my brother, actually, he lives in West Lafayette, and he went to one of the open practices they had the other day. Um, and him and his son, both of his sons went with him. And Charlie Jones, one of the guys uh, who transferred in from Iowa, uh, apparently chatted with my brother and uh, my nephews, was very nice guy, was nice enough to take a picture with my nephew. Uh, so shout out to Charlie Jones. Just wanted to give him uh, some love on the podcast. Um, and my brother, after watching the open practice, says it seems like the run game might be a bit of a struggle once again this year. So we don't love that. Yeah, but we're not really excited, right? Because nothing's changed. Yeah, I mean, the run game worse. is going to be the run game. We, if, we, if we're relying on the run, it, we're going to be in some, some trouble because this is this is a passing team. So we've got that to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, it'd be nice to have an offensive line that we felt really good about. Which hey, I mean they, you know, they got better last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a real question mark going into the season, but I think they really uh, exceeded our expectations. And correct. Hopefully, they can they can do that once again. So, uh, and then the update on the story. So a few weeks back, we talked about the Purdue Pete helmet that they're going to be wearing on the uh, homecoming game, and you and I mused about what was going to be on the other side. And I was able to finally see the mini helmet that they put out. And the other side is just going to be the player's number. It's going to be the player's number uh, in just the same color of gold as the Purdue Pete is. Okay. So now that now that you I like know numbers, that, do you side. like that better or do you like it is not still bad? I still don't love it, but I do like numbers on the side of helmets. So yeah, I like I'll look I at like the numbers as well. Yeah, so I think I think that was probably their best option. I don't think the Purdue Pete on the on both sides would have looked very good. So I'm glad to see that they they went with that gold. Um, for the numbers on the opposite side. So I think that'll look sharp in person. Hopefully it goes well on TV, but uh, I'm just excited. They are trying something different. Like I said, when we talked about it, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a nice change of pace for the Purdue helmet. So that is just what we're going to do on this episode. That was our brief jump off. So we're going to take a break, come back, talk about both Penn state and then Minnesota. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And we are back. So as we've said, game one of this Purdue football season against Penn State, going to be on a Thursday night, night game, uh, 8 p.m. So all eyes of the football world going to be on Purdue uh, the game is at home. The game is on Fox. A lot of pressure on the Purdue Boilermakers to come out of the gate with a victory and to have it be a conference game against a, you know, a historical power like Penn State, though, you know, they haven't been as good um, in the last, I would say, decade as they were, you know, previously. But there's still a team when you see them on your, your schedule, it, it gives you a little bit of fear because You're they've just got me. that. They've just got that brand. Baiting name. I'm baiting, baiting you into what? You know how I feel about this program. I would love to hear it. No, you don't. We had to bleep it out last time. Yeah, you think the program shouldn't exist. Correct. Yeah, because of Joe Paul and uh, Jerry Sandusky. And a myriad of other reasons, but yes. Yeah, yeah you were the one that sent me that uh, article that Correct. was... 9,000 yeah. pages. Yeah, that was a long article about the uh, guy who was on the team for like a year and a half and then got dismissed, like kicked off the team, but he was like a serial rapist in the Correct. 70s. Yep. Man, if you have a chance, folks, look up that article, but you know, be prepared to set aside some time mm-hmm. because it is it is uh, very long, well-sourced, uh, a lot of in-person interviews, but it really gives you a sense of how Joe Paterno kind of ran that program. Hey, and spoiler, just... guys. He knew he did nothing. <laughs> Yeah, he knew a lot Who of stuff. Who would believe it? It was, I mean, it's just like, oh, he's one of my guys. And then it's just like, oh, it's amazing the things you can get away with in that day and age. Just unbelievable. So um, putting that aside, let's look at Penn State. Last year, uh, during the 2021 season, they were 7-6, and six, just 4-5 and five in conference. So a losing season in conference. Um, went to the Outback Bowl and got uh, taken to the woodshed by Arkansas. Lost 24-10. to 10. So uh, not really a good showing there. You know, Purdue has actually only beat Penn State three times in the history Period. of yeah they've only played 19 times but still Purdue is is 3 15 and 1 uh, against Penn State in their history so that is not good you'd love to get those numbers up as Matthew McConaughey said in the Wolf of Wall Street you know those are those are rookie numbers we got to get those up yeah and i believe they hold the the what biggest just smackdown at Rossade when they absolutely trounced Purdue. Oh, I I don't even know. There were there's been a lot of trouncings. Uh, so this one was real bad. I believe I was there. <laughs> ah, okay, that could mm-hmm. be. Um, so when do you think the last time Purdue beat Penn State was? What year? 2002. You are actually very close. 2004, during that magical season when they started five and zero. Uh, that was 20 to 13. Purdue won actually at Penn State. So. Uh, you know, so you're telling me there's, there's precedent for yeah, yeah. I mean, for my we, prediction, <laughs> we can beat Penn State. 
Um, you know, it has happened before. And then go uh, undefeated. So, yeah, well, it, again, if that happens, I will be at that IU game. Bloomington, here we come! That's right. Uh, prepare some seats in those uh, bird crap covered bleachers because we will be there. Uh, head coach, of course, James Franklin. He has now been there uh, nine seasons, which is wait really? Yeah, is in ninth season um, with Penn State because remember it was O'Brien who came in right after Joe Paul was let go, uh, but he did not stay very long before bolting for the NFL. Uh, and then I believe Franklin was right after him. That's wild. Yeah, times uh, a, so, times a weird construct. It really is. Uh, so last season, Penn State jumped out to a 5-0 and record before it all fell apart um, and then wound up going two for six the rest of the year. So really, really uh, fell apart down the line. And you remember last year they played that game against Illinois where they played nine overtimes. A lot of bad football. And the final score was only 20 to 18. A lot of bad football. Yeah, I mean that it that was just crazy. So, uh, you know, they didn't didn't have a lot of good in the second half of the season. Um, and again, I as I said, they lost in their bowl game, but uh, they do have a lot coming back. The the Penn State yeah, offense. Wow. Penn, I mean, when you can when you can lock that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime you can get players from a, a seven and six team back, you really got to put all the effort into getting those guys back. Um, but they do have talent on the offensive side of the ball, specifically at quarterback. Uh, Sean Clifford, I believe he's – how old is he now, Casey? 39. Yeah, 39. Uh, in his about, I believe, sixth year uh, in college it is football. is his sixth year. Uh, so he, he's taking advantage of the COVID year to come back. Uh, last year, threw for over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, complete, and had just eight interceptions. So that is very good for him. Um, he did split time at the beginning of the season, kind of like AOC did, uh, but was able to grab the reins. Uh, toward the middle and end of the year. Uh, he also, uh, over his career, so this is not just last year, has a, about 900 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. So he's not the most agile or mobile quarterback back, th- back there, but if you force him, he can he can le- keep the ball on the ground and at least make a couple plays. So honestly, he scares me a little bit. Uh, what about you, Casey? No. Their not at all. Third you're, down you're not... conversion percentage last year okay, was 39.4, 64th best in the country. Uh, they were the 100th best fourth down conversion in the 99th best red zone scoring percentage. Oh, that's not good. Nothing I've heard makes me think they are going to make a demonstrative step forward. Yes, he has a lot of experience. It's his sixth year. This will be his 34th start. But you know what? You could have said the fifth year of him was a well, lot yeah. of experience. You make a good point. I am not apt to believe that a sixth year quarterback who's already got a ton of playing time is going to change who he is very uh, all of a sudden just because he gets one extra year. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's a I, good point. I think you see it even less rarely in something like football than uh, basketball. Pretty much you are what you are, and there's plenty to suggest what he is. Um, not a very efficient passer. Uh, not someone who's going to destroy you downfield. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes. That's good. But yeah. holds on to the ball a little bit and... In general, I think we both agree that if there is something that scares us about Penn State, it's the fact they had the second best red zone defense in the country. Yeah, the defense, absolutely. And uh, before we move on to the defense, I did want to mention Penn State really struggled uh, running the football, just like Purdue did. Um, I think the they were the only team be, um, that was better. I'm sorry, Penn State 
was just above Purdue in the rankings of Big Ten rushing attack, uh, and we were at the bottom. So not great. Um, so neither of these teams is going to light you up on the ground, which uh, could make for some uh, exciting offense and aerial assaults on both sides. So we will see. Um, but as you said, the, the Penn State defense is really what worries us. Um, what did you say their red zone defense was? Second best in the country. They held teams to 65% scoring in the red zone. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty that's good. Good. That is very good. So you know they've got they've got a really good uh, defensive tackle PJ Mustafar, uh, 6'4", 329, uh, was first team All Big Ten is last that year. Big. Yeah, he's he's a large human being. I mean, I know we you know we talk about football players and basketball players all the time, so sometimes the numbers just kind of blur together. But 6'4", 329 pounds. I mean, that is a space-eating human being at the defensive tackle position. That's a refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and so he's going to be taking up some space. But as we said, Purdue, not a really great running team. The, a guy like him in the middle is going to make it harder to run. Um, but Do I'm not even sh- try? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. I mean, how much of an impact is he going to have? Can Purdue take him out of the game by throwing the ball, you know, 40 times uh, in this game? I mean, we talked about this a little bit. There is a good chance for most of the season um, as we're watching this game and, you know, as highlights are thrown out and stats are bandied about, there's a very good chance, uh, I think this one for sure, the biggest star on offense in this entire game is Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. It's still weird to say. Yes, it is. When you look at the picture, it's even weirder. But if there's any sure thing, any one, like, rocket fire, boost, boost, awesome like player on the field, it is AOC and it's this offense that we've seen work under Brom. Um, obviously we have some questions. There are, there is some talent on the outside and going up against a team like Penn state who has NFL talent everywhere on defense. That's really going to put a lot of pressure on these wide receivers. Yeah. We don't have David Bell to get open every play anymore. There's no yeah. Rondell Moore making, you know, just, a ton of Ridic- separation. Yeah, right ridiculous away. moves after he gets the ball. So what what can these receivers do? I mean, it doesn't sound like they're fully healthy yet. Brock Thompson still hasn't practiced in full. Um, so where do where does AOC find completions? Yeah, um, we just lost Garrett Miller for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, knee injury in practice. Yeah. So it is going to be interesting and potentially scary and a Good indicator from the very start. Can this offense work? Can we manufacture space? Can we get easy throws? Can we get the ball out of AOC's hand? Can the offensive line hold up? Penn State actually wasn't that great at getting at the quarterback last year, but you know they have talent over there. Right. And you know their corners can play. So this is going to be a full test with the offense day one. How's our timing? Can can our receivers get off the line of scrimmage? And can we get the offense in motion going? Like you said, without a running game, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to your point about the the Penn State defense and specifically their corners and their backfield in general, they've got a really good safety. Uh, Giari Brown uh, last year had six interceptions and broke up another five passes. So he's going to be a problem in in their backfield, um, defensive backfield. So hopefully with AOC um, 
at the helm, Purdue can find a way to distribute the ball. And we've got to get those wide receivers healthy, uh, especially Brock Thompson. Um, if you guys listened to the podcast last year, you know uh, he's been my boy from day one uh, just because I loved what he was doing out there blocking for his fellow wide receivers. Well, now it seems like he may be the guy on offense um, on the in the receiving core. There's a lot of talent out there in that group, but they're just not proven. And so many of them have been injured and banged up that I don't think we've really gotten a true look at what they can do during the season. So we got to hope over these next three weeks, they can rest up, be ready to go uh, week one. So, uh, you know, the, the first game of the season, it's always a crapshoot. I mean, we don't know what these teams are going to look like. We don't know who's going to be fully healthy. Um, they don't have a, a warm up game to get out there and get a feel for things. So, it's going to be an interesting game. I would imagine it might be a little sloppy to start, but hopefully the home crowd can be a difference maker and, and Purdue can walk out of there with a victory. So um, anything you want to say about Penn State before we move on to Minnesota? No, um, we're going to know. We're yeah, going to have we, a pretty we, good idea after the first game. Yeah, we will learn a lot um, on that Thursday at 8 p.m., which, as you said, I know you're looking forward to it. It's still very weird for me. Uh, to see a Big Ten football game on a Thursday. But, hey, you know, my son will be asleep so I can watch the whole game and I don't have to worry uh, about any of that. So that's going to be great. I've heard uh, this before. Yeah, you have. You doesn't probably should work. make that hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always work out, but that's the plan. That's the plan. So uh, there is game one of the Big Ten. Then, of course, Purdue goes on that uh, three game of non-conference games. That's Indiana State, Syracuse, FAU. And then Purdue comes out of that, and the rest of the games are going to be Big Ten games. They return October 1st. They go to Minnesota. That's going to be a noon kickoff. And Purdue, under Jeff Brom, has had a real, real problem with Minnesota. Um, And I know, I know. P.J. Fleck on the sidelines has just driven this Purdue team uh, crazy. So I, I believe... And, you know, they got hired the same year, the two guys. Uh, I believe Brom won the first one in 2017. Uh, but then since then, Minnesota, I believe, has won four games in a row against Purdue. And Purdue, we're going up to Minnesota. We have not won in this new stadium of theirs, uh, the Huntington Bank Stadium. You know, they used to play in the the Dome up there. We won in there, you know, a number of times. Uh, but we have not won in this new stadium. It's only been open since 2009. But still, you would love to get a victory up there. It's been bad luck. Yeah, it's we've been had bad some, officiating. some terrible calls go against Purdue in these Minnesota games as of late. And it's all going to pay off because the one year we need to win when we need to go undefeated. That's right. Yep. It's going to all fall in place. Continuing to go down this route. So much like Purdue last year, uh, Minnesota had a pretty good season. They were 9-4, and 6-3 and three in conference. They also win their bowl game. They, of course, went to the prestigious Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Uh, and beat West Virginia with the odd score of 18 to 6. It's a guaranteed rate. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, Minnesota leads the all-time series against Purdue, 41-33 to 3. Um, last Purdue win, Casey, 2017. So uh, I was going to ask you, but I spoiled that at the beginning there. And, of course, uh, last year, Minnesota beat Purdue 20 to 13 after that just ridiculous pass interference penalty. But enough about that. <laughs> We've we've ranted about that enough. So, um, you know, you're looking at the stats. I know you you're a big stats guy. You love the advanced stats. Is there anything that stands out about Minnesota on either side of the football? I mean, yes. Tanner Morgan back. 
Another oh, QB man. that's been around for a long <laughs> yeah. time. Seemingly forever. So last year, I they, they fired their offensive coordinator in the offseason. Uh, last year, this was a team that ran the ball about as much as any team in the country. Fourth in the rushing play percentage. Almost 70% of their play calls were rushes. Oh, wow. Had no idea. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, kind of made sense because last year's team was full of really good offensive linemen. They lose four out of their five starters. Um, one to the NFL, one or two to the NFL, two to transfer market. So they've got some talent coming in. They got some transfers of their own. But this definitely isn't the same group that really led this team last year. I mean, nine wins is pretty good for a team that could barely put up 20 points some nights. And the reason they did it is they could control the line of scrimmage. So it'll be interesting to see, especially early in the season, if, you know, this is five new guys working together. Um, One returning starter, maybe the best center in the country. But will they be able to move the chains consistently enough? Or can Tanner Morgan, who's had a weird career, um, some big numbers in 2019, 2020, kind of step back last year. He He was one of the early starters of, can Purdue play a quarterback that can complete a pass over 15 yards? <laughs> right, yeah. And for the most part, his answer was no last year. So what this team is exactly is unclear because they're not going to have as much uh, dependency and talent on that offensive line to lean on. And you, you kind of have to question a little bit, what does Flack have in the bag? What What is he hiding under that pullover? Well, what, what secret sauce to an offense can he run if he's not just running the ball, you know, Every other or every play. Yeah. Well, one thing they do have uh, under that quarter zip that uh, PJ Fleck loves on that sideline, uh, returning running back uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, who of course injured, got injured last year and missed the vast majority of the season, um, only was able to get 30 attempts last year before he went out. Um, was it know, ACL? The, I believe it was an ACL. Um, in the previous season, 2020, he av- or he had over a thousand yards rushing. So, you know, he is a guy who can really put it on. Uh, but as you said, but we're talking less than a year away from an yes. ACL. So, yes. so we never know. It's still like a year and a half, two year recovery, which is why I don't think your boy Brock Thompson's going to have a good year. I, I think you're wrong. I just think you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think saying like five I months think, ago, both his knees were being uh, operated. On. I think the recovery time from ACL surgery has actually reduced in recent years recovery it's, but co- becoming what you were it's still a two-year injury agree to disagree because i love brock thompson so much <laughs> i i want what you're saying not to be true i i understand it probably is but i want it to be true tr- i want it to be wrong but this is for ibrahim not not Brocky brock oh yeah he's gonna struggle yes um you know different surgeon different recovery program uh probably was told to wear a lot of quarter zips to keep his knees warm somehow um so Minnesota has, again, they've got talent on the offensive side of the ball. The The offensive line is going to be a question mark because, as you said, they lost some guys to the transfer portal. They lost some guys to the NFL. And it, Fleck has tried to kind of build an offensive line the same way Wisconsin does. You know, just give me the biggest, strongest guys, and we'll throw them in there. It's going to be a rotating cast, and it's going to be just fine. Um, it's going to be tested this year with those guys all coming in and being kind of a new unit. But uh, what do we know about the Minnesota defense? Defense. Uh, they were pretty good, but yeah. uh, how much of that is based off actual talent and how much of that is Minnesota played a ball controlling offense. So, right. Yeah. It definitely helps to control the ball the way they did, but overall they were the fifth best points against 
uh, second best in opponent uh, opponent yards per game. Are you saying second best in Big Ten or overall? Because in overall would be outrageous. The country in the country. Oh my in gosh, the country. So yeah, they're really good. Twentieth um, best in, uh, opponents third down conversion percentage. Uh, yards per play, 12th best in the country. So they have a good defense. They had a good defense, um, and it's helped by the fact they didn't have to be on the field very long. So, yeah, I mean, we saw it when they played against Purdue last year. They a slog, helped mm-hmm. by the weather. Yeah, as I said, the rain really um, helped them in that game. So, yeah, I those numbers are all good, but I don't remember last year thinking, oh, this defense is overwhelming. Yeah, I don't either. I think it, it was the just a very— The sack percentage was 70th best in the country— they didn't turn the ball like they didn't force a ton of turnovers. So it just a little, little, a little fluky to me. Yeah, they only had um, eight interceptions on the entire year last year. So they're not a big play defense. They're kind of a, a grind you down, slow you down kind of defense. Um, pretty good at preventing big plays, but they almost they basically just did enough to win each game. Uh, Purdue, you know scored 13 so their offense scored 20 you know they they made the one play in the end um even though it was a there was that egregious pass interference but you know you to quote herm edwards you play to win the game and they won the game so this is i mean another game for purdue where it's going to be pretty tough purdue has struggled at minnesota purdue has struggled against pj fleck and minnesota is not you know not a team full of bums they're they're gonna be a tough out and this is again after playing Penn State to start the year, and then hopefully, hopefully three cupcakes. This is going to be another game where if that Penn State game is a loss or, you know, a really close win, this is going to be the next real opportunity to see what this Purdue team can do and waltz to the undefeated season that Casey has predicted. Yeah, and last year this was this was the game where Coach Brown decided to go to AOC. And to be honest, a move we've always supported on this podcast after the game, we had not supported it because it was probably <laughs> AFC's worst game of the season. Um, took a bunch of sacks, um, had a late interception, uh, a really bad throw. Um, so just personally, he probably feels like he needs to uh, get some vindication. Hey, let's so, hope. I like an angry AOC. Yeah. A yeah, very love angry to see that. AOC. That's right. I saw <laughs> somebody tweeted because uh, he, he did marry a member of the volleyball team. What a goof. What a uh, some, goofball. Someone tweeted, uh, it's going to be, you know, he'll be more relaxed this season because he's married. And I was like, yes, yes. Marriage, famous for helping people relax. Just like, a, what is that? Come on. Cheese puff ball of a QB. He, you know, so, uh, hey, if that helps him relax, whatever we need to do. I, I'd love to see that guy out there slinging the ball, putting up tons of points, uh, doing everything he can to win, produce some games. So there we go. That is Minnesota. We're not making predictions on these. Um, just yet. So um, we, we're going to do that before each game. And I, I pulled up that tweet and actually it was AOC who said it about himself. And here's the quote. Uh, he was asked, how will holy matrimony change him? He said, and I quote, hopefully it'll make me more relaxed, more poised and more able to look at the big picture and not just zero in on the situation. Who phrases it that way? I don't holy know, man. Matrimony. He's, he's, he's got that, uh, he's got that quarterback speak all ready to go. Cause that was a, that was like a non-answer answer, but uh, we're going to pick those, uh, pick the games when we get closer um, in the in the uh, podcast just before the game. So for now, that's your look at Penn State and Minnesota. Casey, anything else before we head out? Undefeated, let's go. All right, there we go. You heard it here. Boiler up.